Good evening, everyone. It is Monday, October 9th, 2023. I am your host, Matthew Barris, and this is Enter the Bat Cave for Blade Month 2023. Today, we are going to be reading The Tomb of Dracula, issue number 17, Death Rides the Rare. Yep. So, last time we left off, Dracula fought a corpse, and now he's on the train, but he is not alone, for his old friends have boarded the train with him. And I was going to do this episode a little earlier, but I had some delays. So by the time this airs, it'll probably be midnight. So, without further ado... Let's get into this. Tomb of Dracula. Death Rides the Rails. Written by Marv Wolfman. Gene Colan. Tom Palmer. And edited by Roy Thomas. Paris, France, November 3rd, 1973, 4.37 a.m. An ebony, night-winged form glides gracefully towards the place. Then, heard Rorschach, and then arcs its way downwards through the early morning skies and into the darkened tunnels which honeycomb the Parisian underground. For in this one-time cemetery lurks a grim specter whose every mocking laugh spells death. Further on lies my prize waiting for me to claim it. But no, it cannot be. Not here. They must have found this coffin as well. Dawn approaches rapidly, and if I fail to find it soon, Dracula will die. Pin this on the donkey, fang face, because that's exactly what's coming off tonight. Blade! It ain't John Shaft, Red Eyes. Figured you'd be showing up at one of your four resting places in France when we destroyed your supply in England. But to tell you the truth, Fangs, I'm kind of glad you picked this one, cause I've been itching to twist my wooden knife into your stinking hive for months now. So I just staked myself here, knowing you'd have to pick one of them to sleep for the day. By the way, handsome, the rest of Hacker's little group is waiting at your other coffins. So whichever one you pick, you would've lost. I am pleased as well, Blade. Because I too have waited long to do battle with you. So I may rend you asunder like this. You have fought my legions too long, Blade. And far too successfully. And I must allow no one to spoil my plans. Least of all, a knife-wielding fool. I promised my legions your 
death by my hands, blade, and so help me, and I'll see that promise through. Ha! You kick! Did you truly believe such a primitive show of force could possibly take Dracula's unawares? Dracula, who once was the mightiest soldier in all Transylvania, who led armies of thousands into battle, who taught them every form of warfare. Here is your kick blade, and learn your lesson well. You have defeated my undead, but Dracula shall never be vanquished again. You sought my death, my ravished foe. No! But it shall be your blood which stains these musty grounds. Farewell, Blade. Your battle has ended forever. Well, mine has yet to begin. If I find no resting place this morn, victory shall be yours. Curse me for a fledging vampire. I'll not die this night after all. You said you destroyed all four of my coffins, Blade. But there is a fifth, my foolish friend. There is a fifth. In nearby Versailles, there hides one that all your Snooping could not have found. South and west, the bat flies faster, ever faster as the night grows light. With the coming rays of dawn, the cleansing rays of the sun, which would burn the very life from the man, bat, Dracula. Until on the southern tip of Versailles, he soars above the dairy farm level. Henry Verne, Vernia, has lived in this fertility land for more than 60 years, and he has been Dracula's victim almost for almost 30. For on Vernia's wedding night, Dracula added one more living soul to his ever-growing legion. Henry Verne, heed the word of your master. Henry what is wrong? Your eyes, they are glowing. Goethe. Verne speaks once, then is silent. She has seen her dear husband in this trance many times before. And after nearly thirty years, she knows that soon it will pass. Prepare my coffin, Henry Verne. Two barns rest on the Bernay farm. One is filled with livestock waiting hungrily to be fed, while the other, the other is cloaked in darkness, to be used only on special occasions, when sleep is required for one not alive and yet not truly dead. Very good, Henry. You have served your master well these many years. And in turn, I have spared you the everlasting life of a vampire. But now, old one, guard this coffin, for I must rest this day. Rest for my coming voyage to Transylvania. Goethe Verne says nothing to the, the next morning, when Henry, dazed and 
unremembering staggers back to the wooden frame farmhouse. After all, if her husband wishes not to speak of the previous day, it is her place. I mean, is it her place to question him? Munich, Germany, November 5th, 1973, 1.47 a.m. Transylvania is a mere 500 miles away. <clears throat> Her Dracula. Is everything all right? I do not see you at all during dinner. Nothing is wrong, Porter. I was not hungry. Now, if you do not mind, I wish to leave my stateroom, but I have need of your assistance. Assistance, Er Dracula? But how? None must enter this room, Porter. Neither you nor the staff who cleans these cabins. You will guard against such entry, will you not, Porter? Of course, Herr Dracula. I will allow no one to enter. No one. 3.35 a.m. Most of boring the speeding railroad are asleep. Most, but not all. And before this night is over, many more will wish they were tucked beneath the safety of their cabin bedsheets. Monsieur Goodbrer, are you comfortable? If not, I will get you a pillow. Ach, I am safe, Herr Karnat. That is all one could ask for when you flee, as I do for your life. But if possible, I have Vald likes something to drink. Do not be long, Herr Karnat. Ach, I fear the enemy has already boarded this railroad. You will be safe, Monsieur. I will never leave you otherwise. Ach, there is no such thing as safety, my friend, but as long as you are near and I hold this case, nothing will befall me. Elsewhere on the speeding railroad, in the dying car, two familiar members of our cast pause in their travels, if only for a moment. <clears throat> I still don't follow Rachel. Why a railroad? We could have been to Transylvania and back all right. Because, Frank, dear Dracula wouldn't dare take a jet. It's too small, too open. Railroads offer private compartments and a very convenient place to hide in. And since this is the only railroad heading anywhere even near Transylvania, my guess is he's on board. Makes sense. I suppose, then, why aren't we making a cabin by cabin search for him? Because we'd be arrested or thrown off the train for breaking and entering long before we find the coffin. My suggestion is we simply lay low and let him make his move. He'll be needed, needing blood soon, and when he goes for it, we strike. Ooh. Pardon, mademoiselle. I am sorry. Please forgive me. I'm fine, but you better clean that coffin stain. You okay, honey? 
Sure. Anyway, when we find our man, we strike. If we find him, you mean. He's escaped us so many times, I lose hope. So, mon amis, you are the pursuers the monsieur hides from. I will be prepared now. Two cars away, however, the target of Frank Drake and Rachel Van Helsing's search saunters confidentially through narrow steel corridors. His face is fixed like a death mask, but his countenance is almost surprising. For though his thirst for blood is great, there are other thoughts and desires which take prominence this night. 3.42 a.m. In six hours, Dracula shall once again be on the land of his birthplace, more than five hundred years before, and he yearns for his return. But if his mind is lost on past remembrance, its calm is suddenly shattered by the onrushing figure of a youth, a youth named Jack Russell, who will be seeing more of next issue, Werewolf fans. Meanwhile, I have found your hunter, Monsieur Gruber, a young man and a woman with a scared yet still very lovely face. No, you are mistaken, Herr Grante. I have seen the enemy with my own eyes. <clears throat> Look, there he is now, strutting like a self-righteous cat. I saw his eyes, Manfred, and there can be no doubt. He is evil, and he waits for the moment to take me and the case back to the master. But he won't. I swear he won't. Once again, we take leave, this time to travel to the northern Irish coastline and the jeweled pagoda of a certain sinister doctor son. Vampire Bran, you have been brought to the private chambers of Dr. Sun for a sure strength. If you accomplish this a manner, in a manner the doctor wishes, you will be ready for training. Should you fail, you will be put to an instantaneous and final death and laid to rest with the previous 12 vampire experiments. Now, Bran, Turn on your guards and destroy them. Dr. Sun commands it. The guards do not panic. They have trained two years for this mission. And before this new vampire came, they had murdered the twelve before him. And Brand, they thought, would be no different. They fire their leaden bullets at Brand. They know bullets cannot hurt the vampire. But they merely test it for its continent of fear. Rand, hunched over to kill, tramples closer to them. Now, this is the moment the others died. This is the moment they expected Rand to turn and flee, only to be killed by the other guards waiting and hiding with stakes and crosses. <laughs> But Brand is not like 
the others. He moves on, unflinching, and then he strikes. In Brand's relative short life of 27 years, he had been imprisoned for more than 12 years. In that time, fear was kicked and beaten out of him, and even these trained assassins would not make him break and run. Nothing could ever make him run. His fangs split the first guard's neck, and fresh blood drains through Brand's throat. This is a new sensation, and Brand is pleased with it. Enough, vampire, Brand. Before the guard dies, seize. You have proven yourself in the eyes of Dr. Sun. Graz, Austria, 3.45 a.m. Austria's second largest city is but a blur to the few still awake aboard the speeding rail, for their minds are on their upcoming tours or meetings or family reunions or on death. So, you two have followed me from England, undoubtedly to slay me, you believe. But you'll not get that chance, my friends. For Dracula thirst, and it shall be you who are his victims. And it shall be you who dies, as did that fool blade. Put your hands up, mister, and no funny business. What? You're under arrest, mister. Bang! Bang! Pow! A child. How close he came to my lashing out at him. Ricky, oh God, I was worried sick. Where were you? You were supposed to be in bed. I wasn't tired, Mom, so I came out and shot this funny-looking man. Did you see his ears? He looks like Mr. Spock. Ricky, apologize to the man. That isn't nice to say. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry, mister, but ever since Jack died, it's been impossible to control Ricky by myself. Yes, children can be a nuisance at times. You have children? A long time ago, a boy and a girl, but enough of them. Let me escort you back to your room. Oh, of course. Mr. Mr. Dracula. Dracula! <laughs> that scream! Good lord, Dracula's struck. Come on! Close the door, Monomies. Quickly, whatever happens out there, you must not be harmed. Keep the door locked while I investigate. What happened, kid? Is this your mother? It was the man with the pointed ears. He did something to my mother. Please help her, mister. She's not moving. She's not dead. His fangs just drew a little blood. Not enough to change her. But we're now sure of one thing. Dracula's here. And we've got to find him before he strikes again. You stay with her until we get a doctor. I'll take a look-see for our toothsome playmate. 
Take care, honey, please. But Dracula is already gone. Spread through the railroad as a gossamer, then wisp of smoky mist. Slithering past the metal corridors until the until he arrives at one certain stateroom. I am a fool to have let her scream, and a doubly damned fool to have attacked her. Now Van Helsing and that hapless descendant of mine shall know I am here, but now I am also prepared, and should there be a battle, there shall also be a victor. Dracula! 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 You are correct, Monsieur. The porter says the tall cloaked man attacked the woman. He's also undoubtedly the man who chases you. But why would he make such a foolish move? Who knows, Herr Garnett? Perhaps an error, but we'd best take no chances now. Kill him! And the other two, you suspect. Kill him all! The door is locked once Garnett leaves, and the small metal box is once again grasped tightly by the tiny, trembling German. Ludwig Gruber has lived with fear eating away his soul for many years, and what is inside this precious case will free him from fear forever if he is lucky, or free him from his life, if he is not. While... Pardon me, monsieur. I must talk with you. Have they traced me to this state room so quickly? No. There is only one man outside. Perhaps a porter? It is late. Who wishes to speak with me at this hour. The night, Porter, Monsieur. It is urgent I talk to you. Your very safety may depend on it. Very well, then, Porter. Come in. Merci. You are smart to open the door, Monsieur. I would not have liked to shoot your lock off before I killed you, that is. During World War Two, Jacques Grenat fought alongside the underground. He learned over those years to kill and to kill calmly, coolly. And even now, as he processes the trigger this cold November night, his face shows no emotion. <clears throat> it is only after the fourth bullet slams through a still-standing Dracula does his cold face crack. And 30 years of training abandons him. So, Harker has yet another agent aboard this railroad. And one I knew nothing of. Very well then, my French fool. You will be treated to the same agonizing death all his other legions will suffer. You people have hounded me for more than 70 years making my existence nothing more than fighting and counterfighting. 
plotting and counterplotting. I have more important missions to complete than these foolish battles Harker and his followers wish to have with me. If your lives are so empty that you have nothing to do but hunt me or kill me, then this death I give you to shall you of your tandem, relieve you of your tandem, and relieve me of one more minuscule thorn in my side. No, you are mistaken. Mistaken? No, my friend. You are the one who made the mistake when first you sought me in my stateroom. But you needn't worry too much. For this is the last mistake you will ever make again. <laughs> Jackie's granite is thrown from the speeding train. And even before his flesh and bone are ripped to a thousand pulsing shreds across the jagged metal tracks, he is dead. This railroad is no longer a convenience. And since my castle is but a few hours away, it would be safer for me to travel by myself now, especially with dawn so rapidly approaching. But what? Drake and the female Van Helsing? Hold it right there, Fangs. You're not going anywhere. We have a score to settle with you. You know of your other agent's death already? Very well, then. You may now join him. Splashed across the rails like the useless corpse he is. Frank, watch for his claws. I don't know who you're talking about, Bats, but we owe you for Edith's death and for what you did to Rachel's face. And so help me, you're gonna pay. The bat turns to avoid the slashing stake and thought... And though it turns in time, still the wooden spear penetrates a vital wing, and Bat again becomes a hell-maddened man. You signed your certificate in blood without thrust, my foolish descendant. Up until this moment I have avoided slaying you, perhaps in some foolish ancestral hope that you would someday want to claim your true name. I'm waiting for you to try, Drake. I've been waiting from the moment Rachel saved me from killing myself because of you. But now nothing shall stop me ending your pitiful life before another moment has fled. What a shame you waited in vain, Frank Drake. Because you're going to die anyway. Even your father was more of a man than you turned out to be, Drake. At least he was a soldier, a man who knew what fighting was all about. But all you know is how to cower and cringe and ultimately to die. But it is not a death that shall be easily come by. For even as Dracula closes in on his sandy-haired descendant, Rachel Van Helsing comes between them. Dracula pauses for a moment, for he has learned she is no mere snip of a girl. Rather, behind her frail 
facade, they're alerts and experienced fighters. And so, even as the granddaughter of Dracula's one-time foe, Abraham Van Helsing latches onto Lord of Vampire's wounded arm, Dracula changes again into the bat. And with one mighty shove, throws the girl sprawling sideways. Dracula knows that victory might be his, but it will be a victory that would be costly indeed. And so he flees as a darkling silhouette through the corridors of the speeding express, only to regain human form when safety can again be his, and escape easily with his grasp. We'll meet, we'll meet again soon, my friends, within the walls of Castle Dracula, where there shall become your everlasting tomb. While on the other side of the corridor, Ach, her granet has not returned, and I fear he never shall. My enemies must have closed in on him, killed him so that I would be an easy prey, but they shall never get me, or the case they seek. Never! So, you did but that poor Grenet, and now you come for me as I thought, but I shall not be taken, me friend. When I took these documents from our master's safe, they were my insurance of safety, and they will take me away from his clutches, where he can never touch me again. Do you understand, Killa? Do you? You speak in riddles, madman. Yes, I killed the one you call Granet, but now I sense I did so for the wrong person, for the wrong reasons. He was not one of Harker's band, yet why did he seek me out? Why did he attempt to slay me? You seek to confuse me, Shurin. You come for the master. You want the case and the documents I spent years collecting, years researching for him. But I won't give them up. I'd rather die first than go back to him now. Whichever master you serve will never see you again. For you are correct in one thing, at least, fool. You will die before you see another living soul. Stay back, I warned you. You will not take the case from me. Blast. You, your case and its contents human. What need has Dracula, lord of the undead, with any damnable papers? We had got the vampire, dev. The vampire, at last. No! Stop, you fool. Stop! <laughs> Ludwig River's eyes snap open in fear, for he has known of the vampire, known of the plans. And more, he knows the final consequences, and so calmly, with perhaps more rationality, than he has shown in many years, he plunges through the speeding railroad window to his death. And then suddenly, within the car's corridor, 
Hold it right where you are, Dracula. We've still got a score to settle. Not now, my dear. Not now. There has been enough madness this night. And there shall be much more in the days that shall soon be coming. Oratica, Romania, November 5th, 1973, 5.32 a.m. A hundred miles from Transylvania. Her granny and Gruber are dead as ordered, and the case has been retrieved. All is as a doctor son commanded over and out. A morning sun is about to rise, and a silvery separate moon to fall, and a mystery that has been brewing for many months is soon to be revealed. But next month, there shall be a different kind of Dracula story, as the Lord of Darkness meets Werewolf by Night. And there you go. So, tomorrow, we shall be reading Tomb of Dracula, issue number 18, Enter Werewolf by Night. Yep, this is the Werewolf by Night crossover. So, hope you all liked it. And till then, later, masturbators.